We started a series last week, and we're going to continue. And the series is titled, People of Faith Change Their World. Let me say it again. People of Faith Change Their World. Now, last week we focused on Abraham. This week we are going to look at Deborah. Deborah is a character we find in the Old Testament who served God in a couple different roles in her life. And we are going to look at her faith today and how it changed her world. You see, Deborah stepped out in faith by boldly leading God's people, and she changed her world, the world around her. You see, when Deborah came on the scene, Israel was in a really bad spot. They had walked away from God. They decided they were going to do their own thing. And because of that, they ended up basically in slavery to another kingdom. They were uh, under the heel of a captain of an army named Sisera. And they were in oppression. They couldn't make money because they had to give everything they made to the enemy. And it said that they cried out to God. In other words, they turned back to God. And God did hear them. And we read this and we come on the story of Deborah. You see, Deborah changed her world by stepping out in faith in actually a number of different areas. The first area that we see is she said yes to being a spiritual leader. But let's look at the beginning of her story. Judges chapter 4, verse 1. It says, after Ehud's death, the Israelites again did evil in the Lord's sight. So the Lord turned them over to King Jabin of Hazar, a Canaanite king. The commander of his army was Sisera, who lived in Heresh Hathagoyim. Anyways, you can read it up there. <clears throat> Big name place. Sisera, who had 900 iron chariots, ruthlessly oppressed the Israelites for 20 years. Then the people of Israel cried out to the Lord for help. Deborah, the wife of Lapidoth, was a prophet who was judging Israel at that time. She would sit under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim. And the Israelites would go to her for judgment. So Deborah stepped out in faith by saying yes to the Lord. And she said yes to being a prophet. Now in her time... Most of the prophets were men, but not all. You see, God will choose anybody who's willing to allow him to work through them. And Deborah was actually one of five women prophets that we read about in the Old Testament. And the five, maybe you recognize some of them. The first one we read about was Miriam. That's Moses' sister. Deborah, who we're going to talk about today. Huldah, Noadiah, and then an unnamed prophetess in the book of Isaiah. So five in all, and Deborah was one of them. She said yes to being a spiritual leader. She said yes to taking on a role that was a very serious role in her day and age. A role that required extreme commitment to the Lord. A role that would cause many to kind of hate you. People didn't sign up and call themselves prophets because it was the cool thing to do. Okay? They became prophets because God called them to it, and they said yes. As a matter of fact, many that God called, he prepared before they even knew. 
I shouldn't say many, I should say all. Because God chooses you and I for things as well, and he chooses it the day we are created. But let me read it to you from Scripture. Jeremiah 1 and verse 4. Jeremiah is called to be a prophet, and I'm looking at his story so you can understand the call that would have been on Deborah's life as well. Jeremiah says this in verse 4 of chapter 1. The Lord gave me this message. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. O sovereign Lord, I said, I can't speak for you. I'm too young. The Lord replied, don't say I'm too young, for you must go wherever I send you and say whatever I tell you. And don't be afraid of the people, for I will be with you and will protect you. I, the Lord, have spoken. Then the Lord reached out and touched my mouth and said, look, I've put my words in your mouth. Today I appoint you to stand up against nations and kingdoms. Some you must uproot and tear down, destroy and overthrow. Others you must build up and plant. The call upon a prophet's life was a serious call. Jeremiah is told from God, I prepared you for this. I called you before you were even born. Deborah's call would have been no different. She was called. She was chosen for a purpose. The purpose of being a prophet. Somebody who would hear from God and then give his word to the people. And often... In Israel's time frame, that word was a hard word. Smarten up or else. For some reason, people don't like hearing those kind of words. They want to hear words more like, God loves you, everything's going to be wonderful no matter what you do. That's kind of not scriptural. If you choose to keep doing what he said not to do, there are consequences and they're not good. And that's what the prophets would say. Now, you need to understand something. God tells us clearly in his word that he chooses to speak through prophets before he does anything. Look at Amos chapter 3, verse 7. It says, Indeed, the sovereign Lord never does anything until he reveals his plans to his servants, the prophets. God is not going to do anything in our lives without first speaking it. He's not going to do anything in our church without first speaking it. Now today, there is still the role of prophet, for sure. But each of us, if we're believers, filled with the Holy Spirit, has the ability to prophesy. But our main role may not be prophet. So I'm called to be a pastor, not a prophet, but God will prophesy through me as well. But there are some still, their role is prophet. Now... God wants to speak to you about what he has for your life. He may speak through someone else, but he wants to speak to you. And it won't happen until it's spoken first. Well, that makes sense. If you have no clue what he wants, you're not going to step into it, are you? If you're just kind of randomly doing whatever, you're going to miss out on what God has. But he does want to speak. You see, I want to encourage you today, for each and every one of you, God has a plan, and he wants to speak over your life. He wants to speak to your future. That's why he had prophets. You see, they shared things. Some of them were hard words. Others were saying, hey, if you do this, there's great things coming. The windows of heaven will open if you're obedient. There'll be blessing that pours out if you're faithful with your finances. 
His word is good if you'll hear it. Now, this role of a prophet that Deborah took on and said, yes, I'll do it. Yes, I will be a spiritual leader in Israel. You see, this was a role that people didn't take lightly. And as a matter of fact, if you pretended to be a prophet or you used your own words of prophecy and it wasn't God, the penalty was pretty severe. According to Scripture, the penalty for prophesying falsely of your own words was death. That's pretty severe. No wonder people weren't signing up for this role. Uh-uh. Yet, sometimes people started off on the right track and then began to speak their own words. You see, it's easy to want to make people happy and make people like you. But when God calls you to speak, you've got to speak his word. And Deborah would have known this. There's a scripture that explains what I just said to you in Jeremiah. He's the same guy we just mentioned who was called of God. And Jeremiah had given a pretty tough word to Israel that they're going to be taken captive by Nebuchadnezzar. And actually at this time, they've already, Nebuchadnezzar's come in and taken some of the stuff from the temple. It's already begun. And Jeremiah tells them, he says, you guys, this is going to be for a long time, 70 years, because you've turned away from God. And he makes a wooden yoke, the yoke of a slave, and he puts it on him, and he's demonstrating God is putting a yoke on Israel. It's the yoke of Nebuchadnezzar. We're going to be under his rule. It's the way it is because we turned from him. And while he's prophesying this, a young prophet named Hananiah comes along and says, God spoke to me. And Hananiah was a good speaker apparently and pretty demonstrative. And he told the people within two years, we're all going to be free. But there was no, you need to repent or anything. It was just in two years, we're all going to be free. Well, everybody clapped for Hananiah. Woo, you the man. Tell us what we want to hear. And Jeremiah said, Hananiah, I would to God that what you said was true. I would love it if in two years we were all free. But Hananiah, it's not going to happen if God's people don't repent. And Hananiah, who obviously wanted to be a prophet, he got really upset. He just spoke to the people and this Older prophet now is telling him something. Oh, he got mad and he came over to Jeremiah and he grabbed that wooden yoke. He took it off him and he smashed it and he broke it. And everybody's like, oh, Hananiah is amazing. Anyways, then Hananiah says, just like I broke this wooden yoke, the yoke of Nebuchadnezzar is going to be broken off of you guys in two years. And it says that Jeremiah didn't say anything at the moment he went. And then God gave him a word to come back and talk to Hananiah. And Jeremiah 28, verse 12, says this. Soon after this confrontation with Hananiah, the Lord gave this message to Jeremiah. He said, go and tell Hananiah, this is what the Lord says. You have broken a wooden yoke, but you have replaced it with a yoke of iron. The Lord of heaven's army, the God of Israel, says, I have put a yoke of iron on the necks of all these nations forcing them into slavery under King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. I have put everything, even wild animals, under his control. 
Then Jeremiah the prophet said to Hananiah, Listen, Hananiah, the Lord has not sent you, but the people believe your lies. Therefore, this is what the Lord says, you must die. Your life will end this year because you have rebelled against the Lord. Two months later, the prophet Hananiah died. Boy, scripture doesn't beat around the bush, does it? Just like, there you go. (laughs) Done. Listen, the outcome of just prophesying your own thing was a bad idea. And it was not God's idea. So Deborah was taking on a role where she knew this. She was taking on a role where she realized she was going to need to hear clearly from God before she spoke. She took on a role where she realized she was going to have to protect herself from just wanting to please people. She took on a spiritual role that would require much of her, but she said yes. Church, I don't know what God has called each of you to, but he's called you to something and maybe more than one thing, as you'll see. Deborah was called to three different things, but he has definitely called you to something. If you don't know the call, I'm going to encourage you today to take some time and pray. God may speak something in the message and you feel a call, a pull. But you need to know and you need to say yes. Because Deborah could have said no. Deborah would have felt the call at a young age, guaranteed. But the time would have come where she would have experienced a knowing that she's supposed to and she would have had to say yes. Or no. God doesn't force you to answer the call. Not one of you is he going to pick up, you know, put you under his arm and drag you to what you're supposed to do. It's not how he works. You will have to choose. You will have to say yes or no. But obviously, I'm telling you today, say yes. He created you for it. It will fit you. It's what you need. And if you say no, I guarantee you will get to go around the mountain once or twice more and you're going to come right face to face with the same call because the call doesn't leave. There's scripture about that. The gifts and callings of God are without repentance means he doesn't just say, oh, they're gone now. They will be there. So Deborah said yes to being a spiritual leader and she led her people as a spiritual leader, a prophet giving God's word to them. But that wasn't the only call that Deborah had on her life. You see, Deborah changed her world by stepping out of faith and being a political leader. She was a judge over the nation of Israel. You see, at that time in Israel, they did not have kings. They simply had someone called a judge who was their leader. Now, Moses brought the children of Israel through the desert Joshua brought them into the promised land and then from there on there would be a judge who would kind of be their spiritual ruler or their political leader. They weren't voted in, okay? They were called by God to be in their political leadership. So Deborah says yes, not just to being a prophet, but yes to being a a political leader. And she sits under a tree And people come to her, and she judges their situation and says, here's what you need to do. 
Now, we know that Moses, when he was leading, set up a system where there were a number of people and only the really heavy-duty cases came to Moses. So we can assume the same structure was in place in Deborah's day. She would have dealt with the really serious issues that the others weren't dealing with. It was quite a role, a political role. And of course, we read that, pulling it out of the first portion of Scripture, Judges 4, verse 4. Deborah, the wife of Lapidoth, was a prophet who was judging Israel at that time. She would sit under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim, and the Israelites would go to her for judgment. She sat during the day in a well-known spot that people could find, and they would come to her. You see, the Lord continually raised up judges for his people who would lead them politically. The Spirit of the Lord would rest on them for that role. I want to say something today. I believe that God calls Christians into politics. I believe that God puts a call on believers to lead. Why would I believe that? Because I've read his word. When believers are in power, a nation prospers. When believers are not, the nation slowly goes down. So God must call believers. So I want to say today to you who are in this place, if he's called you, don't say no. Oh, you can say no. But you see, I have a little bit of a concern. Now, I'm not called to politics, and I'm thankful for that. But if you are and you say no, why are you saying no? Well, it'll be uncomfortable. It's hard. Oh, that's funny. Because there's a whole lot of people who don't even care about God, and they'll give up everything to go lead and take us in a direction that God doesn't want us to go. So are there some men and women who are willing to stand up and take us where we should go? That was Deborah. Deborah said, I don't care what the rest of you have been doing. I don't care if you want to serve false gods. That's not the direction we're going while I'm here leading. We're going after God. So women... Men, if he's called you to it, say yes and figure out how. All right? Deborah said yes to being a spiritual leader and a political leader. And I don't think it was easy. But she changed her world. I'm not telling you just to go into politics if God hasn't called you. That's not faith. The whole thing of faith is he said it to you and you say yes. Okay? Otherwise, it's not faith. It's just an idea. All right? But if that idea has been rolling around in your head for a long time, that could be God. You need to pray about it, and then you need to step out. Okay? So she said yes to being a political leader. And her faithfulness to God would bring her nation back to God and would set her nation free. I think you need to understand this. Sometimes we think, oh, one person can't really make a difference. One person can change a nation, you guys. Who was Deborah? We don't hear about her before. We don't hear about her after. But she said yes during her time, and she changed her nation. Don't you dare say, oh, I couldn't make a difference. You don't know what God can do with you. He's looking for a vessel. It could be you. It could be you. Deborah gets a word from God for the leader of Israel's armies. I say armies, we read a scripture that says they didn't even have weapons. It said you couldn't find a spear 
or a weapon among 10,000 people. So he was leader of some armies that really couldn't be armies because they were under oppression. But Deborah goes to this man named Barak and says, Barak, God has said that we need to group together an army and we need to go out and fight that enemy and that we're going to win. And Barak, being a great man of faith, looks at Deborah and says, I like that word, but unless you come with me, I ain't going. <laughs> so in other words, he didn't really trust that it was a word. He, in a sense, might have been thinking, I don't know, I'm just supposing, but in his mind, he didn't trust the word, so was he trust, not trusting Deborah? I don't know, she's a woman. Was he one of those kind of men? Maybe. Oh, I don't know. That's a pretty tough word. It's a little bit scary. This guy has 900 chariots. Hey, Deborah, if that's really a word from God, then you come ride in my chariot with me. And what does Deborah say? Sure, you big wimp. No, she didn't say that. <laughs> she didn't say that. I'm just putting some stuff in there. <laughs> she did say, sure. 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 You know why I can put all the other stuff in. You can imagine. She says, sure, but guess what there, Barak? I'm going to do it, but God is saying right now that this enemy will be delivered into the hand of a woman. She gave him word right there. Barak, you aren't going to get the credit. And the credit wasn't going to go to her either, but he didn't know that. So she is a leader spiritually and politically, and now she's going off into battle, probably riding in a chariot. I don't think they made her run. I hope not. Anyhow, he's saying, come with me. He would have definitely been in chariot as the leader. So off they go to battle. Now, God discomfits the enemy. God obviously spiritually starts to take out the enemy. And so Israel wipes them out. But in the process of wiping them out, the captain of that army, did I say one person can make a difference? One person. You see, leaders are very, uh, their leadership directs and takes things forward. This Sisera obviously had amazing leadership skills and getting people together and was wiping them out. He needed to be taken out. It wasn't enough just to take out all the fighters. Okay? So Sisera gets off his chariot and he runs. And apparently he's a good runner because he got away from everybody. I don't know, I could just see him. Whoa. He was scared. But he ran and ran and ran, and he finally came to a, a community, and they were in tents. And he's exhausted, and he comes to the tent, and there's a lady named Jael there. J-A-E-L. And he says to her, could I please have some water? And she says, sure, you can have some milk. Everybody knows milk puts you to sleep. And she says, yes, you can have some milk, and why don't you come lay down and have a good nap? You're exhausted. He says, okay, hide me. Make sure nobody knows I'm here. And I told you earlier, the Bible is blunt. Well, the story continues. Jail's in the tent, and when he falls fast asleep, he's exhausted. He is sleeping soundly. She knows this is the enemy of God, and they are defeated. She finds a tent peg, and while he's laying there, she takes a tent peg and goes... And kills him. Now some of you are like, well, that was nasty. Uh-huh. That was Old Testament, okay? God's not going to ask you to do anything crazy like that today. However, 
God, I believe, is looking for some people who are willing to do what the world thinks is crazy. Do you hear me? He's looking for some men, some women, who have some fight in them. Some men, some women, who have some courage and boldness to change their world. You see, Jael was that kind of woman. She wasn't afraid. What about you? Are you afraid to step out and be noticed? Because you know something today, if you stand up for truth and what this book says, some people think you're crazy. Are you okay with that? If you want to change your world, you're going to need to be okay with that. God's looking for some courageous women. He's looking for some courageous men. He's already called you. He's already prepared you from when you were young. Are you going to hide out? Are you going to rise up and be bold? I believe there's some here today who are going to say yes if the Lord calls them. And if God has called you into politics, you need to say yes. Deborah changed her world by stepping out in faith and being a spiritual leader, a political leader, but that's not all. According to Scripture, she also answered the call to being a wife and a mother. Judges 4 verse 4, Deborah, the wife of Lapidoth, was a prophet who was who was judging Israel at the time. So they tell us she's a wife of a certain person. And if you notice in Old Testament, they didn't have last names. So when they introduce Deborah, they're just saying, Deborah, you know, the one who was married to this guy named Lapidus. So people knew who they were talking about because they didn't have last names. We also know from a little bit further on in Judges, Judges 5 verse 7, that she was a mother. Now, please understand, it wasn't a genealogy when they introduced her. They were just saying who she was. Uh, so she later says she was a mother who was raised up, so we know she was a mother. Judges 5 verse 7 says this. Villages were deserted in Israel. Deserted until I, Deborah, arose. A mother in Israel arose. God still leads people into marriages and into being mothers. I want to say this because for some, we talk about the spiritual leading and the political leading, and we forget that God calls some into something uh, in the sense of marriage and also to be a mother, and that call is just as important, okay? It's no less of a call. If you're called to be a mother, you do it to God with your strength and what he's given you, and you don't look elsewhere and be like, oh, that's too bad, I wish, no, no, no. Oh, maybe when they finally go to college, I can live. No, you're living now. And your faith will change their world for sure. And if you do it well, they will change the world. Okay? And again, we're speaking of Deborah, so I'm speaking a little bit to moms, maybe more than men, but these principles apply to everybody. Deborah and Barak went out to this battle a lady named Jael finishes off the captain. Everybody else is wiped out. It's a crazy battle. And the fact that we know they had little weapons, they must have grabbed weapons from the enemy as they wiped them out, but the battle is finished, and Deborah and Barak co-write a song. They write a song about it, and then they sing it. They were songwriters and singers. Well, we don't know if they actually could sing because we can't hear them, but anyways, they did. And this was common. This was a common thing in Old Testament times when there was a victory, you write a song about it and sing it because that's how they remembered the victory. 
because not everybody had the uh, written documents of anything. You might have a scroll, but it was a sacred scroll, and there was one of them. So you remembered victories by writing songs. Songwriting is good. They wrote songs about the victory. They sang them, and it was awesome. And you can read that song in Judges chapter 5. And you can kind of tell they co-wrote it and sang it. They're kind of answering back and forth. And uh, it's a deadly song. Anyways, I'll just tell you that. You can go read it. It's like, whoa. You can't write a song like that nowadays. You get in trouble probably. But anyhow, you know, they talk about the enemy getting wiped out. So, victories. God wants you to lead. God wants you to say yes. If you're leading as a mother, do it with everything in you. If you are thinking about being married, let it be a God call. Let him direct and lead you into it. If you're believing or desiring for kids, let God lead you or direct you into it. Now, we read here about Deborah, and I know for some you're like, we have to be like her. No, you don't. I don't believe God's going to call too many people into that many roles. Deborah must have been an unbelievable, strong woman. Now, maybe someone here today, you're thinking, well, how did she sit on her tree and judge people, you know, be a spiritual leader and prophesy and then go off to battle and look after kids? That's not possible. Well, I can tell you that in her day and age, the families that were a little bit wealthier had servants and they had what was called nurses who would actually look after the child. So one of those if you remember the story of Rebecca, Isaac and Rebecca, the servant goes off to find a wife for Isaac. Rebecca comes, and also who comes with Rebecca? Her servant girls and her nurse, an older lady who raised her, basically. And we know from Scripture that that older lady lived with them until she passed away. So the nurse would have prepared her for marriage, would have helped her with all the things necessary, and then they just... Uh, had her stay. She lived with them. Okay, so it would have definitely been possible. I know some, maybe though you've worked as nannies when people are working or you have a day home, so you're doing some of that. And uh, God will honor you for it, no doubt about it. So yes, Deborah was called to three things. Spiritual leader, political leader, and a wife and mother. God may call you to one or two big things. And he may call you in different seasons of your life to different things. You need to be willing. You need to say yes. But I've got something to say here this morning, church. No matter what you're called to, it needs to begin with a yes to Jesus to coming into your life. You see, because you can't have faith if you have not asked Jesus into your life. It's just a good idea then. It's faith when you've asked Jesus to forgive, you come into your life and now you're following what he directs. That's faith. Okay? So how does this all begin? How is this going to begin for people? Jesus said that he's the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody can come to the Father except through him. That's what he said. The only way, the only one. In Romans 10, it says that to be saved, you simply need to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. That God raised Jesus from the dead. It says if you do that, you'll be saved. So to begin this walk of courage and boldness, to begin this walk of faith that will change the world around you, you've got 
to begin with Jesus and salvation. So if you're here today and you have not yet taken that step, you've not yet asked him to forgive you, asked him to come into your life, we're going to make opportunity for that right here, right where you're seated. I like to lead our congregation in a simple prayer that lets you use words to say what's in your heart. So we're going to do that now, and I'm going to ask you all to join me for that one or two who maybe are doing this for the first time today. So if you'll bow and repeat this after me, say, Lord Jesus, I ask you now, forgive me of all my sin. Make me new. Use my life. Let me be a person of faith. In Jesus' name, amen.